Sally will be joining us to talk travel and it is all about heading overseas again. So what do you need to know if you are heading to New Zealand? Sally Lucas, welcome along talking travel on 2NURFM and well... We haven't travelled overseas for so long, except maybe to Stockton. (laughs) And Tasmania. (laughs) But uh, what do we have to do? Are we going to have to refresh our memory all over? Well, I mean, we've been... Yes, and we've been talking about Australia for so long, I think I've forgotten about overseas altogether now. It does exist. It does exist. And, of course, we've had that wonderful announcement at long last this week that the bubble is going to be both ways now. Thank heavens. Um, So on the 19th of April, of course, um, we will be able to travel to New Zealand on a normal passport, as you know, usual. Um, we're not. We'll get into that other type of passport later that we might need for further travel. Um, now, you won't be allowed to fly, obviously, if you've got um, any cold or flu symptoms, and they will be doing random temperature checks. You'll have to wear a mask on the flight which is standard, like I even had to do that to Perth. I mean, that stands without reason, I think, these days that that's got to happen, except if you're eating or drinking, of course. Um, You've also, uh, Ms Ardern said, passengers would have to provide comprehensive contact information for their time in New Zealand, so you need to be able to provide, you know, hotel address, relative, whatever it is you're doing, so there is a contact for you. And you'll also be asked to download and use the um, NZ COVID Tracer app. So if you just put in NZ COVID Tracer, you'll find it, and you can download that from the Apple App Store or Google Play. And that, so that would probably be a little bit like the New South Wales, the service New South Wales. Yes, one. so they're keeping track of you and where you are in New Zealand whilst you're travelling. Yeah, mm. so a similar sort of thing, yes. Mm-hmm. But at least we can go. At least we can go. And, and that's so wonderful. Now it's important to know what we can do when we get there. Well, Jane, as you and I have discussed in the past, it's such a diverse country with so much on offer. Like if we start at the top, at the tip, you've got Cape Ranger, of course, and that wonderful 90-mile beach. And then you've got, you know, Kaiatea, the Bay of Islands, Paihia and Russell. We can go out, of course, to the wonderful Brett Hole in the Rock. And Russell was originally meant to be the capital of New Zealand before Wellington became the capital. So it's really quite interesting. And the bishop was based in Russell. So there's a lot of history up there because you've also got Whangarei and where the the treaty was signed with, with the Maori. So it's a very important part of the history of New Zealand. Then, of course, you work your way... Just before yeah. you work away from there, yeah. the hole in the rock is quite sensational, isn't it? Isn't it? You go out oh, in, yeah. A, yeah. in a boat and, if you're lucky, the yeah. waves are small enough, enough so you can go through So you actually go through it, yeah, take a photo before it. and Yeah, and uh, you can also get off at Russell. You can do a, a longer trip. You can just do a stay-on-the-boat type trip or a longer one where you can actually get off and have some time in Russell, which is an interesting place in itself. Um, then you can work your way down to Auckland, and all well, now Auckland is quite a thriving, modern, bustling city these days and spend some time there and you've got that lovely Waiheke Island in the middle of uh, Auckland Harbour which has got some fantastic uh, wineries and foodies and or you can you know hire a yacht or you know sail around there whatever Auckland Harbour's famous for its sailing and then depending on which way you want to head you can go down through Hamilton of course and do Waitomo Caves which are famous and head on to like the geothermal area of Rotorua down through Taupo which is wonderful for trout fishing that beautiful lake area you can head across either to, of course, the West Coast, which is New Plymouth, and down through Whanganui, Palmerston North to Wellington that way. Or, of course, you can cut across through to to Gisborne and um, Hawke's Bay, Napier, which is the 
biggest or well, most well-known Art Deco city in the world. Even before that, though, if you want to diverse as you're coming down from Auckland, you can cut across, of course, to the Coromandel Peninsula, Tauranga and the Bay of Plenty, which is lovely, Fokotane, etc. So there's a lot to do in the North Island, even though people often say they prefer the South. It's, it's different. They're two totally different islands being totally volcanic at different times of their geological careers, if you like to say. So, yeah, and I mean, they've got lots of lovely vineyards. You've got, you know, Mount Ruapehu. You've got the Tongariro National Park. You can go skiing. There's walking. There's whitewater rafting. There's, what have I left out? Oh, um, <laughs> there's so much. There's so much. And I mean, that, that's just in the North Island. So look, you can spend quite some time there. Your driving distances aren't too far though. So you, you can cover a lot of territory, but there is still so much to see. You don't want to rush it. You know, give yourself time to do it properly before you head south. And hopefully you are going to do both islands. But if you've only got time to do one, we'll do it well. That's the main thing. And, and of course, there are the giant trees, the kari trees oh, right course. up north. They're wonderful. Oh, too. I remember I had a beautiful jewellery box my husband bought me made out of kauri pine that was stolen in a robbery. And I Ooh. never forgave that robber because <laughs> they probably just threw it away. It wouldn't yeah. have meant anything to them yeah. and kept the jewellery. But yes, the kauri pine is beautiful, it beautiful is wood. Lovely in the forests too. Oh, of course. Of course, <laughs> it's lovely in the forest. Yeah, not just kauri. Cut, of course, but it was a beautiful piece. <laughs> Talking travel on to a new RFM, Sally Lucas heading over the strait, the Cook Strait, to the South yes. Island of New Zealand. Exactly. And on the Inter-Island Ferry, if you choose to do it that way, it is a lovely voyage to do. You can do it as a day voyage and then you, you're coming in then, <clears throat> pardon me, to, to Picton and it's a beautiful, as you're coming close to the South Island, it's very picturesque, lovely thing to do. And of course, up that end, you've got Nelson, of course, and some wonderful things you can do in and around that area with the Queen Charlotte Sound and the, and the walks you can do around the Queen Charlotte area as well. And then as you move down the um, east coast, you come down to Kaikoura where you can actually swim with seals or dolphins, which is something quite special to do. Um, You can go across inland from there through Hanma Springs if you wish to the other side, which would take you through to Greymouth which is famous for its greenstone etc. over that part of the West Island or you can continue down of course to Christchurch and then you can always get a train across as well. That's a Transalpine Express. So I haven't mentioned that but there's so many different ways you can travel around New Zealand. You can do a coach tour, of course, if you don't want to do your own thing. You can hire a car, you can hire a camper van, you can cycle. There's lots of cycling tours now, and of course we know there's lots of walks. So there's different means of, of travel and train, as we just mentioned. Um, from Christchurch too, you can go out to Akaroa, of course, which is a French town or French-influenced town, which is lovely to visit as well, and again, lots of wildlife out there also. Coming down that east coast, you can cut, a th- cut through into Tekapo, and if you're there at the right time of the year, which from memory, when do the lupins come out? Is it spring or oh, autumn? They're sort of, they're there in December. But yeah, if you're yeah. ever there then, you just see this field of never-ending wild lupins. is absolutely stunning. Um, so Lake Tekapo, which will lead you into Mount Cook, and Twizel, um, Amara, but then you can come down, continue down the coast as well as, as going inland through Timaru and Omaru, down to Dunedin, as we call it, Dunedin, <laughs> the, the most Scottish place in, of course, New Zealand with its castle, etc. Um, and then you can carry all the way through across to Gore, Lumsden, and then across to Tiara. And where again, you've got some more caves you can visit there. You've got Doubtful Sound nearby, Milford Sound, of course. And then also you can come back and duck up into, of course, Queenstown, which is stunningly beautiful. 
I went there for the first time, Jane, in 1967, and I went on the Lady Earns Law, and she is still running. And she takes you from Queenstown? Round the lake. Fabulous. And we're trying to get rid of our ferries. Hey? (laughs) But she's not quite a ferry. No, but but it's it's an an old vessel, and and they've kept her. And the same in Switzerland, which we've talked about a couple of years ago now. We've lost a year, but they they restored all the ferries that can go around Lake Geneva and around the Swiss lakes rather than getting rid of them. They're a tourist attraction. Yes, what a good idea. Absolutely. And then you've got Wanaka, and, of course, next year, because it was deferred because of COVID, get in quick, you've got Warbirds over Wanaka happening for three days in April next year. From memory, Jane, I haven't got the dates on me, but it's mid, around about the 15th, I think. And you can get three different sorts of passes, a gold pass, silver pass, whatever. And of course, you've got lovely Airbnb or other styles of accommodation all around. And that is such a pretty area in its own right. Um, again, those areas like Wanaka and Queenstown are, to me, outstanding in autumn with all the autumn colours. They're just beautiful, which would be virtually now. Mm. So again, you've got so much you can do in the South Island. There's just so, there's a plethora of walks you can do of course. As I said, there's a lot of cycling holidays you can do now. Um, of course, as I said, you know, you can do your own thing with a car, which I think is a great way of doing it. And even if you don't want to stay at expensive accommodation all the time, a lot of their campgrounds have those lovely little cabin-style accommodations which aren't expensive. And New Zealand isn't expensive for us to travel to as well. It's, it's very much like our own currency, but a little bit cheaper. So, Stewart Island. Stewart Island. Well, Further yes, I've, I haven't been to Stewart Island, but you, you should go down there from Invercargill down to Stewart Island, and that's that's its third island. Which there are even more islands, as we know, oh. the subantarctic ones. But yes, as far as visiting, you've got Stewart Island as well, and then the glaciers. Don't forget. So right down that west coast, south of Hokitika, you've got Franz and Fox Joseph glaciers, which is stunning, and you can you know get on those glaciers, or you can do beautiful aerial flights over that area of the Franz and Fox and Mount Cook and you can land on Mount Cook itself, you know, weather permitting with your, your ski plane and it's quite beautiful to get out and just, mm. yeah, it's, mm. it's, it's fabulous. There's just so much you can do in New Zealand. Of course, it is famous for skiing, as we know, in the winter months yes. as well. And uh, very different in landscape from uh, what we expect here because yes. the mountains are pointy. Very pointy, and they're beautiful. I always remember flying in for the first time into Christchurch, and you just fly over that wonderful mountain range, and it's just stunning. It Absolutely is stunning. Absolutely stunning. To we're talking travel. And Sally Lucas, before we look at hot deals, mm. you did talk about needing an ordinary passport at the yes. moment to go to New Zealand for the bubble travel. Yes. But what's the other kind of passport we are now all thinking about? Well, we've got all countries thinking about it, and IATA, the International Air Transport Association, they're trying to get a travel pass they'd like all airlines to use, which would have your flights, documents, certificates and privacy on it as well, they're saying. Um, But then again, as someone else said from, I think, the New York Times, the global passport system took 50 years to develop. Now, in a very short period of time, they want to produce a digital credential that can still be universally recognised as a passport. And it needs an even, even greater level of privacy because it is going to be digital. So we've got various different people with different views on this. The European Commission just wants a green certificate just shows that you've had your vaccinations. They don't want it an all-in-one situation. 18 airlines are already trialling the IATA travel pass, um, so we've just got to wait and see. Um, Qantas has said that they might, but they're looking at other systems as well. They're looking at a Swiss system. But then you've got Russia talking about China. So this is what IATA is worried about. There'd be too many different types and which ones are going to be accepted 
as yeah. an international form of recognition of what, what you've had and what you've done. Without sitting back and waiting well, for 20 years while they sort it out. Sort it out. So I guess until that happens, we won't really have a full bubble to the rest of the world until this is sorted. They're mm. saying hopefully by October. Mm. Okay. Well, we'll cross our fingers. Keep you posted. Mm-hmm. Now, we were talking New Zealand, and there's a few different specials at the moment. So uh, it came in very quickly in about 24 hours, as you can imagine. So hello from New Zealand. They're saying, if you want to go and have a sparkling Sauvignon Blanc, wander through the Marlborough Vins, do this, do this, Milford Sound, whatever. So they have six hundreds per couple saving on selected guided holidays with AAT King. So that's that's a nice little discount. Also, um, Grand Pacific Tours did have an early bird sale that finished in March. They've now extended that to the 30th of April with savings of up to $800 per couple on selected departures. Um, there's another one here in Auckland to Wellington self-drive and they've given you a book by 30 June and travel from 1 May to 30 September and you get eight days car hire, you get a night in Auckland, you get a Hobbit on movie set tour, you get two nights in Rotorua and including an experience concert and dinner, two nights in Napier and then the um, entry to the Silky at Chocolate Museum um, Hawke's Bay Wine and Gourmet Tour, two nights at Novotel Wellington in a superior room and a half-day food and wine tour. So that, that's quite a nice package with your car hire and lots of inclusions in it from under or just over 1700 per person. And there's a Christchurch return self-drive with 14 days car hire. So you get one night pre and post in Christchurch, then you're visiting a night in Hokitika, two Franz Joseph, two Wanaka, a Wanaka wine tour, two nights Queenstown, gondola ride in Queenstown, two nights at Tiano, Milford Sound Cruise, two nights at Dunedin, entry to the Lanark Castle and Gardens, and again, the same, book by 30 June, and that's under $2,000. Also, Snow and Ski have come out with already some nice little ski packages uh, for Queenstown, and this one I think is very reasonable. It's um, you buy your own airfare, stay and ski Queenstown seven nights in a standard studio with a four-day lift pass for the Coronet Peak and the Remarkables. It includes a free night and the early bird lift pass sale, and that starts from under $900 per person. That's that's fairly reasonable, I think. And there's lots more packages as well. That's just a lead-in package. And as I mentioned, if you're interested in the classic warbirds over Wanaka, there's a few different packages. I've just selected one for the moment, which is an eight-day package, and that gives you return airport transfers on arrival in uh, Christchurch, seven nights four-star accommodation. Um, you get a hotel porterage. There's a four-night stay in Wanaka, of course. It's part of that seven nights. And yeah, and it gives you your documentation pack, a, a, a tour jacket, seven breakfasts, six dinners, etc., etc. So that's another good one that's starting for next year. Uh, so keep that in mind. But even if you just want to book your seats, if you go onto the Wanaka Airbird site, you can get just a gold, silver or whatever pass you want. Now, the land-only price for that, including all that with your pass, is a bit over $3,500 per person. But it does sell out a long way ahead. Mm. It's a it, very special event, isn't it? It is. There's mm. aircraft, you know, from all over the world. And it's only every two years, as I said, it is deferred from last year. So hopefully next year's will still go ahead. Yes, indeed. Again, watch this space. Exactly. Thank you, Sally Lucas. Thanks, Jane. And we will talk travel again next Friday after the one o'clock news on 2NURFM.